I, um, I appreciate this opportunity to be with you on Mother's Day. It is a sensitive time, and, and, and our churches, uh, God has always uh, given me a mother since my mom passed away. I had a Louisiana mom who is still living, and uh, she'll go, she'll be watching today. So shout out to my Louisiana mom, Marcy. And I have a Kentucky mom, Mary is her name. You know Mary Milby. And, uh, but God puts people in our lives uh, that love us unconditionally. A mother's love cannot be replaced. There's just no substitute for a mother's love. And today I want you to join me in reading from the book of Acts chapter 9. The book of Acts chapter 9. And we're going to talk about a lady in the church named Tabitha. Now moms, uh, this is a no guilt sermon. Okay? And uh, please, if you hear me uh, throw out any virtues or any uh, outstanding qualities of this woman named Tab Tabitha, please don't sit there and say, oh my gosh, I don't measure up, I don't measure up, you know. And uh, I'm going to say that again on Father's Day too, because, you know, none of us measure up uh, many times to these biblical characters. But Tabitha is somebody that is in the book of Acts, because we're studying Acts right now, talking about the family of God. And I thank God for the women in the church who uh, minister among us, who share the love of God and live out their testimony uh, of Jesus uh, in their life. Verse 36 begins, Now in Joppa there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, uh, which translated in Greek is Dorcas. And Dorcas means gazelle. And if you want to read... Uh, some affirming words of love and affection. Read the Song of Solomon about uh, this woman who has the same name. This woman was abounding with deeds of kindness, of charity, and she did them continually. And it came about at that time that she fell sick and she passed away. She died, and when they had washed her body, they laid it in an upper room. Since Lydia was near Lydia was near Joppa, the disciples, having heard that Peter was there, sent two men to him, entreating him, do not delay to come to us. And Peter arose and went with them, and when he had come, they brought him into the upper room, and all the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing all the tunics and garments that Dorcas used to make while she was with them. But Peter sent them all out and knelt down and prayed, and turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up, and calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known all over Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Who was this woman named Tabitha, whose death brought so much um, grief to the community of faith, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, that they sought out Peter who was in a nearby town and had raised another person from the dead and asked him to come over and perform another miracle. Well, one thing is for certain. She was called a certain disciple, a Christ-centered disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. And these many, many verses describe her uh, in the book of Acts. And I want us to kind of hit the highlights of her life and, um, and let God speak to us about what it means to be a Christ-centered person. Uh, this is for not just the ladies in the church, but for the men also. What it means to be a Christ 
centered disciple. One is in verse 36. In Joppa, there was a certain disciple. And uh, she was abounding, it says, in so many deeds of kindness and uh, alms, really is, is the Greek word there, giving to the poor. And she did this all the time. She was a role model for ministry. A role model for ministry. And when Peter prayed over Tabitha, he said, Tabitha, arise. And I would like to say to everyone listening to this message today, let us all arise to be better role models of ministry in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a goal we can all shoot for. One thing that stood out in my mind as I read about Tabitha was that she was always building community. She wanted more people to be involved in the ministry. And so she ministered to people that others uh, did not minister to, particularly the widows and the uh, poor in her day. Her home was open. Her home was a welcoming home. Uh, she was uh, a kind of house that uh, when, you, when you arrived at her home, she would greet you and welcome you and you felt apart. And that's the way it needs to be in the church house. Not just our personal home, but also the church house of God. That when we come together, and I sense this morning people gathering together in here, uh, the warmth, the fellowship, uh, it's all about ministry. And that's what discipleship really is all about. So welcome to the ministry as we welcome you to worship today. Because every member of Ekron Baptist Church is a minister in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Perhaps Tabitha was one of the women, and there were many in, in the New Testament times, perhaps she was one of the women that a church met in her home. Now, the churches in the Bible days did not have steeples and, and domes and so forth like we do now. Uh, those church plants were started in houses. Listen to the number of women just in the book of Acts. There's also Mary, the mother of John. There's uh, Lydia in Acts six, uh, chapter 16. There is one called Nympha in Colossians. Aphia in Philemon. They all hosted churches in their homes. There were other women who traveled with the apostles in their missionary work. There were other women who were well off and they supplemented the cost of missions uh, by their generosity and uh, giving. Uh, you hear about them of uh, Pr Priscilla, uh, you hear about Junia, you hear about uh, Tryphena, Tryphosa, for uh, Persis, all these Greek names. We don't name our kids after those people <laughs> these days. But uh, these are women who stood out in the book of Acts and in the writings of the Apostle Paul because they were role models of ministry. And why do we remember these women? Why are their names on the, uh, recorded in Scripture? Why would people in the church be encouraged to remember these women? Because they were ministers. They ministered in the house of the Lord. They were involved in missions. They were a faithful disciple, a Christ-centered disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 39. There's another reason that we emphasize Tabitha today. 
And Peter rose, and he went with them. And when he had come, they brought him into the upper room. And the widows there stood beside him, and they were weeping. And they were showing all the tunics and all the garments that Tabitha used to make while she was with them. She was with them. There are two groups of people I mentioned earlier that she focused her ministry on, the poor and the widows. Now, what did it mean to be a widow in the days of the Bible? To be a widow in the days of the Bible would mean that, you, first of all, you lost your husband. And when you lost your husband, you lost your means of financial support. You might have even lost the home that you owned. Um, these widows were the first to be on the list of benefactors in the early church that people gave to in order that they may have something to eat and have a place to stay. They were the marginalized people of society. Now think about that for, for a minute. Tabitha spent her time, opened her home, which may mean that she was a person of means, that she opened her home to marginalized and people that the world did not care to take care of. She had compassion. She had compassion to sit with other widows who were grieving during their time and trying to get by on mere means. She decided that she would focus upon these widows in the church. Think about the compassion that it takes to empty yourself into someone else's life when they are walking through deep, deep grief. We can only look around us as... Uh, Richard mentioned earlier, our, our church has gone through uh, many losses just in recent months. Just think of the opportunities where you live. Uh, to walk along beside someone who is uh, in grief and sorrow and having a difficult time coping with life. That's what compassion means. And so this Tabitha is a conduit, a conduit of the compassion of Almighty God. She is like the presence of the Christ with people who are grieving and hurting and suffering. In other words, she was Christ to her neighbors. And uh, may the Tabithas arise in our church who will be uh, conduits of compassion with those around us. The Bible is very, very clear about taking care of people who are unable to take care of themselves. And in Bible days, if your husband didn't work, women were not allowed to earn a living. They depended entirely upon their husbands. And so God speaks very clearly about taking care of the of the poor and the widows in your uh, community. In Zechariah, he says, Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, or the alien, or the pure. In James chapter 1, verse 27, James said, This is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and Father, to visit orphans and widows in their distress. So it's a beautiful picture here of a Tabitha who was not afraid to grieve with those who grieve. And folks, someone wrote one time, 
if you met Jesus during his time of ministry here on the earth, you would meet a very sad face because he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So often we like to run away from grief because pain is not something we like to endure. But with the loss of uh, children or the loss of a husband or the loss of a friend, uh, I've, I've come to learn this, and I, I, I say it because I'm learning to do it. If we embrace the grief, not run away from it, but if we're willing to take courage and embrace the grief, by that I mean go ahead and cry, go ahead and grieve, go ahead and let it out, go ahead and be angry, it's part of the grieving process. Go ahead and wonder, go ahead and question God if you need to. Go ahead and ask God why. You may not get the answer you want, may not get an answer at all, but you get it out. And God knows that you're having those thoughts and those feelings anyway. So by that I mean embrace the grief. And when you do that, there's a greater grace that will embrace you. You will be embraced by the grace of God. But you must be willing to experience the grief. Well, why do we have to do that in this life? I've asked God that many times. Why do we have to suffer? Why do we have to deal with problems like this? Why do we have to uh, go through such difficult times in our life? Without going through the grieving and the difficult times of life, we would miss, we would miss the very heart and love and compassion and mercy of the Father of Heaven who created us in His image. Because that's who God is. A God of mercy, a God of compassion, and a God of love. And if we skip all these hard times in our life and hope it's just uh, wonderful all the time, you used to hear a preacher talk about going from mountaintop to mountaintop. Well, folks, there's a deep valley between the mountains. But God is in the valley. And you will learn His heart of grace and love in a very, very special way. And your life will be richer, much richer, than if you had skipped and omitted all the problems of life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians, Paul writing here, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I heard a person say this week, Only when we know our own darkness well can we be present with the darkness of others. Only when we know our own darkness well can we be present with the darkness of others. So embrace your grief and you'll be embraced by God of grace and God of all comfort. And your life will be richer and God will use you to enrich someone else's life. If I could give moms today a zinger to take home, this would be it. 
Here's your zinger for today. Mom, be as compassionate with yourself <clears throat> as you are with other people. Be as compassionate with yourself as you are to other people. So often, so often, so often I deal with people who are more, uh, we are harder on ourselves. Now I'm talking about men and women. We are harder on ourselves and we're more forgiving toward others. We, we, we tend to let other people off the hook and we, and we just feel so guilty about everything in the world ourselves. And God wants you to experience mercy. The God of all mercy. The God of all comfort. Somebody said one time, the, the one person you listen to most every day is yourself. The one person you listen to most every day is that voice that's going off in your head right now. The one that's talking to you. And God is saying to you, I have more grace and I have more comfort and I want to give it to you so that you can live in peace and you can know my love and you can rejoice with me in a place called heaven. I want to finish up with verse 42 about the third way we honor Tabitha and may more Tabithas arise in our church. Verse 42 says, It became known over all of Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. What became known in Joppa? Well, they knew, they knew all about Tabitha, but what they learned was Tabitha was raised from the dead. And when Tabitha was raised from the dead, they thought, God is here. Only God can do that. Folks, that's the good news of hope, of the gospel that we need to be sharing with everybody around us so that everybody through our ministry and our compassion and our love and comfort will come to know Jesus as personal Lord and Savior. There's so many outstanding qualities about Tabitha that are signs of just God's grace. Not just coming back to life, that's an act of God's grace, but there's so many other signs in her life. And I know it applies to many of you as well. She was a woman that was trustworthy. Trustworthy. The Bible says in Proverbs 31, the passage we read on Mother's Day, the heart of her husband trusts in her, it says. She was also creative. Tabitha was creative. She made all these material things that blessed other people. Proverbs 31 says she works with her hands in delight. She had to be entrepreneurial also because she continued with the means to help other people. Proverbs 31 says she considers a field and buys it. Tabitha was also generous. She was known here in the scriptures in verse 36 as one who gave alms. One who gave alms. One who was kind. Proverbs 31 says, She extends her hand to the poor. She had a reputation in town that everybody wanted to be like. She was virtuous. 
Psalms 31 says of her, Strength and dignity are her clothing. She was a woman of faith. She was a woman of faith. And her name will always be enshrined in Scripture. Proverbs 31 verse 30 says, A woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Psalms 31 also says, and I think this is kind of funny, you know, all these virtuous things about the woman of great value in Psalm chapter 31, it also says her husband is known. She does all these things. She's trustworthy. Uh, she's creative. She's entrepreneurial. She's generous. She's virtuous. She's a teacher. She's a woman of faith. And then when it describes her husband, it says he's known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She does all these things and he's sitting among the elders of the land. What does that mean? Now, man, listen to this. He is, now, sitting in the gate of the land means that he sits on the town council and he's making judgment decisions about how to conduct business in town. So he's a very important person. He is who he is because she is who she is. So men today, if your wife is with you, if your mother is still here, if there's a woman in your life that's been like a mom to you, you tell her, I thank God for you today. I become who I am because of who you are. Today, if you've not yet given your life to Jesus and become a certain disciple of Jesus, the invitation is now for you to give your life to the Lord, to ask Him to forgive you of sin, that the mercy of God shown on the cross of Jesus Christ might apply to your life, your heart, and you can live free of sin. I thought about this passage, everybody running around talking about what had happened there in Joppa and the story of T Tabitha. Why were they all excited? Because she had been released from the power of death. We will celebrate your salvation this morning when you give your life to Jesus too because it is a celebration that the power of death no longer reigns in you. But you must decide. Your mama can't decide for you. Your daddy can't decide for you. The preacher can't decide for you. It's your decision to give your life to the Lord, to ask Him to forgive you of sin, and to confess Him as your Lord and your Savior. And you have the opportunity to do, to, to do that right now. Let's stand together with our eyes closed. Let us pray. Father, we thank you and we, <clears throat> we praise you, Lord, for your love and your mercy that's fresh every morning. For the opportunity that we have now that someone could come forward and say, I give my life to Jesus. I want to be saved. I want to be baptized. I pray that they'll come this morning. There are others who may need to unite with our church from a sister church of like faith and order. We ask that they would be faithful to come as well. All of us here, Lord, need to somehow 
rededicate our life today and say, may we be remembered, may we have impact in our community and be remembered and leave a legacy of ministry, of kindness, of charity, of faithfulness to your kingdom. Help us, Lord, to live out this gospel in a way that would please you only. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.